1: welcome into the podcast the final day of sema show 2023 we're coming at you live from the sema show in the central hall and we are in the hypercraft booth hypercraft is a uh, future tech um, exhibitor here and we're glad to have those guys talk with us we're going to be talking here pretty soon with uh VP of uh, direct sales, Kirk Miller, who's going to kind of give us a walkthrough of his, his product and what they can offer people in the EV sector. Um, HyperCraft, is uh, they, they offer complete EV drives and uh, battery systems. So we'll get to Kirk here in a bit. He's busy over there talking to other people right now and uh, getting the product info out for them. So thank you to HyperCraft. And you said it was Jake that uh, you talked to earlier, Keith. That uh,
2: yeah, what's what's going on, Jay? It was Jake that is graciously Jake. Ga- is allowing hey,
1: us. Hey, what are you what are you wearing, Jake?
2: <laughs> not the State Farm, Jake.
1: Oh, not that guy. Okay, uh, khakis.
2: Yeah. So, um, we're gonna go over there in a little bit, yeah. And there's something cool you getting a peek of it right behind us. Yeah, um, see it right there. That's, yeah, yeah. We'll, That's, we'll, you, we'll show you guys. And let's
1: talk about that a little bit. We're, we're seeing a lot of. A lot of uh, electrification here.
2: So yeah, Future Tech Studio, is right? Right, there. right there. If you're watching this, if you're listening, uh, you can watch this over on YouTube uh, in the podcast section. Absolutely. So, uh, it's the Future Tech portion of SEMA in the. Where are we? The Central Hall. What Central, day is it? Central Hall. This yeah. is Friday,
1: <laughs> which is day four. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, which
1: is the final day. This has been an interesting, been an interesting SEMA show for us just kind of some of the observations that we have made. You know, Keith, I don't know. We, we've we been talking about this for several months, just kind of gearing up to get here. Right. Um, about um, the fact that they've kind of opened the show up a little bit more to the consumer and not just the business side of things, right?
2: Yeah, so today for sure – uh, Friday, um, you can buy a ticket and come in, and that's this isn't the first year they've done that. But then, they're also doing the SEMA Fest this this year and uh, uh, kind of a general public get together celebration party uh, concert. Yeah, they got like a, a
1: SEMA Ignited is tonight, I think. Is yeah,
2: that right. Uh, so the end. Well, that's they do that every year, but then yeah. it's it's carrying through right uh, tonight into tomorrow and the weekend and all that. So. The thing that we have noticed this year versus previous years is the growing shift from a business-to-business model to a business-to-consumer model. So you have to remember, everybody, specially Equipment Manufacturer, Manufacturers Association, um, this whole thing started as a B2B, business-to-business, relationship-making convention, um, and... You're basically designed for people in the automotive industry if you needed a wheel manufacturer or, back in the day, a carburetor manufacturer or exhaust, whatever, right? Right. You get together at the show. Yeah. But this is 2023, and so we have virtual meetings online now, and people can send you product and things are, you know. And so what do you do to keep it alive? Well, you do things like the stuff we just talked about, right?
1: You bring in new new interest. You have to to, to to keep the growth going. I think you have to go there. Uh, you, you guys know this. I mean, you're consumers. You, you, you experience it every day. You're getting new experiences, new ways to purchase things, new ways to use product, things to help you use the product, or things to kind of help you in life. And as with anything, things evolve. And this is one of those features that evolve. We were over at Apex, what, on Wednesday. And we're seeing the same thing at Apex, where Apex was basically a, it, it still is, a manufacturer's show. Yep. And, um, but they have had to enter in the-
2: automotive aftermarket. Performance well, exchange. Product exchange. Product exchange. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's Good Friday. Enough. It's Vegas. You, you, had, can throw a, you, know. you can
1: throw performance in there, too, because the performance <laughs> yeah, world okay. is there. Yeah. I mean, and then, of course, now you got to understand, too, the governing body of Apex, as well as the performance racing industry show right. in Indianapolis, which is coming up in December, they're all governed by SEMA. Same company. Same same thing. So, it's in everyone's best interest um, to kind of be involved in these things. And even at PRI, it's a performance racing industry show. They have an EV segment. We 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 the last time we were there two years ago. Yeah, uh, there was a whole section of electrification. So it's pretty cool, kind of cool to see us shifting in that manner. But anyway, more so than anything, the consumer coming into this show,
2: right? Yep. Yeah. So so, and there's all kinds of new innovation happening here that uh, those folks get to see, or got to see by the time you're you're listening to this. So one of those things is. Um, in the corner behind us, it's the Lightship RV, which you can't yes. see from here on camera, but we did a full walkthrough video. That will be out very, very soon, and um, there was nobody around when we did it, so we got permission from Lightship to do it, and we got exclusive access, and uh, <laughs> there were some... We scheduled it with them. They were gracious. Yeah. Amanda took care of us, and... uh we get there and there's somebody opening the thing up. We got there before showtime, oh, man, trying to man. climb in it, and we were like, "Oh boy!" Yeah, because uh, that's a no-no. You don't, you don't. It's just like you don't touch other people's cars at a trade show. You don't uh, try to climb into somebody's RV. Anyway, um, we ran them off. We got exclusive access. That video is going to be out. Check our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed, and you'll be notified yeah, when it comes out.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. And not only that, Keith, we have been uh, filming. A lot of things overall this week, and so there's going to be videos coming out like probably every other day over the next. What, well, there already two have weeks. been. Yeah. Like, so, what do you mean? Probably. Like, right, it's, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I released. Would you like the count? So uh. you you edited this morning. You edited six this morning, right? Right. And right. I've released right. four of them, and I'm still continuing to release some. Um, you know, some of the cool things that you know we we picked up and we. It, and, and we're, we're just trying to share with you guys the whole experience of what sema is actually mm-hmm. really all about right and so you guys have to go over to um our youtube channel which is youtube.com forward slash parts counter gurus or just subscribe to it and that way you're notified when you see those things come out but go look through the shorts library uh we have a tab up there when you go to the page we've got our long form videos it's just under videos then you've got shorts. Um, if you have, you know, a short attention span. That's why they call it shorts. Um, uh, I think for the most part, even though it's short, it's 60 seconds, I still think it means short attention span. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... Swipe.
2: Uh, yeah. You know... It's very difficult as creators to, to show you everything we want to show you in that short amount of time, with a lot of these builds especially. So, we try. We um, try. Yeah, and so... What else? Uh tons of tons so the West Hall full of overlanding gear again. Not just overlanding gear. Yep. Who is there?
1: E mobility is still strong in just oh, about right. every second. Yeah, right?
2: we saw so we saw Jack Ooh, Jack, so we're something special coming from Jack Rabbit. If you've seen our short, so speaking of shorts and Jackrabbit, we put a short out from the Miami Electrify Expo where yeah uh slide shot learned to ride a jackrabbit, and i did a little 60 second anyway yep. uh we are we are we are working on an exclusive partnership with these guys and, yes and uh we talked to the owner jason mm-hmm um i don't even know what day it is or was but this week and yep. um so yep. more to come on that and um yeah so so i got it got a new um got a new tent company that we talked to what's uh what's the most exciting what's the favorite thing that you've seen this year your favorite thing product wise or just in oh i mean with not including the trading cards and the uh oh yeah yeah, you know it has to be during show hours right yeah because we saw some weird stuff like it was halloween this week well we'll i mean
1: and we'll get into this we'll talk about some of the things that we've seen off off premises here at the convention center because you know, Las Vegas is 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 gearing up for a very major event, ah, which yeah. is the uh, Formula One yeah. uh, race that's going to be happening here through the streets of Las Vegas. And Keith and I, we ride the monorail in and out every day, and so we get a full view, your uh, elevated
2: view, yeah, you can, elevated. You can, you're view, you're yeah. up, uh, I don't know what, 100 100 feet or so. I think and so. You can see kind of down on the streets what they're doing, and you know, you're about here. As the sphere goes, you're about halfway up the sphere. Yeah, the which, by the way, if you haven't
1: seen the sphere with the naked eye, man, it's a it's a crazy thing to see, and it's exciting to to, to watch the changes throughout the, the the day and evening. It's it's so unreal, man. But it that's something to see too. But but anyway, the grandstands that are just up everywhere. I mean, they've literally drained the 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 ponds man right the,
2: the at the Bellagio the, and the Venetian, and the Venetian. Uh, where you've got the Venice kind yeah. of yeah and so that's empty um, they, they've got grandstands there the Bellagio fountains are gone they've cut trees down and so the we woke up this morning and walked outside and they had completely stripped uh, yeah, the paving the, off of on uh, the strip the, yeah Las Vegas Boulevard and so that's going to be resurfaced for the race but um, talking to a few of the locals. I mean, I don't know in general what the consensus is for, you know, the majority of Las Vegans. Vegans? Vegans.
1: I'd go with vegan.
2: Okay. Um, but the <laughs> folks that live here, the ones that we talk to, they're not too thrilled. No, they're not. I,
1: I, we Well, in fact, we had an interview with yeah. with a resident yeah. yesterday uh, that had to postpone yeah, so our initial... Late, yeah, so lives
2: here, showed up late to the show because yep. of the massive tra- traffic problems, did some ride-sharing... And one of the locals was like, it's a complete wreck and they're cutting trees down, like you said, and tearing yeah. everything up. And so it is amazing. So the amount of, of money, the expense to completely refinish yeah. this city with the grandstands in the street, it's, it's astronomical. They're counting on big attendance, but... I think it's the beautification factor. Like people don't want to see hundred-year-old trees get cut. Right, no. and I don't know how old those trees were that they
1: removed in front of the Bellagio, but there's a lot of people that are not happy about it. And yeah, they'll grow back in a year. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's just kind of, you know, that's how things work around here in Vegas, and they are like one of the entertainment capitals of the world, and and um, sometimes it 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 you know things change to make those events happen. So. I'm sure that Las Vegas has taken uh, the city of Las Vegas has taken all of that into consideration. They're working closely with Formula One to, to kind of remedy those things. But you know, you were talking about some of the locals not liking the events. We the person we were talking to yesterday, whom we interviewed yesterday, said that she knew of someone who works in the service industry here in Vegas that it was a three hour, a three hour uh, detour. Almost missed her shift. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, so, and there's no compensation for that, man. I mean, the city of Las Vegas is not compensating that person for the loss of time if they lose it, right?
2: No. I mean, it's, that's no different than, you know, any other town where they're going to close the street in front of your business. Right. Uh, tough. Right. You know? right. We'll, we'll, we'll bulldoze you on a side entrance. Absolutely, man. Make people drive through the, the cones and the barrels. So, so um, back to what you were yeah. asking me, the most yeah. exciting yeah. thing that I've seen this week in, yeah. in SEMA.
1: Yeah. Um wow that's a that's a good one for me man um there's a lot of exciting things but I mean I'm a I'm here to look at the product more so the innovation and mm-hmm. in product mm-hmm. right um and I I saw I mean we and we're brand partners with these guys and I think man sea sucker yeah, it's cool. It's just some of the things that they have going on, Man, which we're a brand partner, guys, and so we, we, we can so, leave some links for you guys to go shopping. So what,
2: here's what that means. So um, we have uh, companies that make some of these products that we have partnered with and said, we would like to help sell these. We believe in them. Can we link to your products and mention them and sometimes shoot videos on them, sometimes uh-huh. reviews on them, long-form videos, what have you. Sometimes shorts. Just depends. Um, we did a really great interview, um, with, um, Christina Kwan with race ramps, and that's a whole fascinating story in and of itself. And we want to try to get her on for a a long form podcast. Um, but, um, I, I I think we, I kind of speaking for both of us here, the product, the brand partners, um, we, we just love some of this stuff so much that, that we, uh, we want you guys to be able to get to it. So, the easiest way to do that, since you brought it up, is go to mm-hmm. our website at PartscounterGuru.com and click on the show, I'm so bad at this, show brands,
0: you're show specials.
2: You're, you're, yeah, show it's show brands. It's just, there's a, it starts with show, it's, it's show on brands. the website, near the top on right. a tab, you'll and it's got it. the list. It's there. And there yeah. are some discount codes for and a lot of these folks. Right, if there's yeah. a
1: discount code associated with that link, you'll see that in parentheses outside out to the right side of the link, so don't hesitate to use it and they work on everything so just just do it but what about you most exciting thing you've
2: um well it it, it might be uh, well, it's it's down to two things for me um, I, I kind of think meeting Christina because of her story oh. oh absolutely and we haven't even scratched the surface with that but yeah. you know uh, world world champion on in many. Uh, endeavors boxing world series of poker she's done really well drag um, racing she's a yeah race driver she's getting into powerboat racing Yep. uh two-wheel racing uh, yeah has, you know motorcycles yeah. and stuff so so it's uh it's a. Uh, I just am so inspired by people that are are driven to do to just push themselves and you know neil's one of those guys too he did his uh did his uh, Mach-E build over here, and um, we'll see more of that if you guys haven't seen it when we get to the Electrify Expo in uh, Austin. Absolutely, yeah. and we,
1: we and you know while we've been here, we we've also had the opportunity to um, uh, talk with uh, our two friends from Ruined EV, yeah, uh, AJ yeah. and yeah. CJ. Hung out some of the some of the Ruined crew. Yep, got to meet those guys, and they've got a great program going in the EV space. Um, you can check out, again, you know, our YouTube channel to find out a bunch. You can see a bunch of podcasts we put out on those guys and on all the content that Keith created while he was down at Miami Expo. Um, and then, of course, the stuff we created at Seattle Expo. And then we will, a week from today, a week from today, we will be in Austin at the Electrify Expo in Austin, the final show of the year at the Circuit of the America
2: yeah, of course, uh, right? commonly re- slang referred to as COTA, C-O-T-A. So, uh, yeah, we'll be there. Uh, I don't know what's going to come out of that. but I, I don't either. I, I know people have made promises to us that uh, we get to drive some of their stuff. And so, who knows? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
1: Or you'll see. You'll see. Well, yeah, yeah, you better see. Hey, subscribe so you will see, folks, and you can do that at uh – YouTube.com forward slash Gurus. Um, like us, thumbs up us, love us, comment us, whatever you need to do, what comes with it. So,
2: um, I see that Kirk's not talking to anybody right now. Do we just want to go ahead and get him on now and yeah. then we can uh, resume? So what I might do, I'm going to switch mics here. So I'm going to bring this one down. This would be, if I weren't trying to do it for entertainment purposes, it would be really bad. Uh, Right, radio for me to just mute myself but here, let's see what happens Alright, so I have switched headphones. Yeah, that would be funny if you just tried to walk away with them and Jay now you have to talk into this
1: Do I really have to talk into this one? Pretty good Okay, so how this is going to work, guys uh, while Keith is preparing his phone he's going to join here Um, and then we're going to go over here and talk to uh, Kirk Miller like I said and have him tell us a little bit about um, HyperCraft and um, what they're doing in the EV space, which is obviously very innovative, and we've got a ride behind us. We'll have him tell us a little bit about that. Um,
2: There's my laptop, everybody. Oh, sorry, I'm over here. There's my laptop, everybody. Yeah, uh,
1: so let me see if I can go grab And Okay, all right.
2: Um, While we are waiting, let's get a look at this eye candy sitting over here behind us.
1: Yeah, uh, Sierra Echo. Uh, Let's see here. Wow. Okay, so they're using their HyperCraft R300SI complete racing electric powertrain. This thing, the specs on this thing, you got 306 horsepower uh, peak, um, 107 horsepower continuous power. Things got peak uh, uh, 369 foot pounds of torque. Uh, it has 133 foot-pounds of continuous torque, 12,000 RPM output. Um, man, can you imagine getting into this thing and just...
2: And it's electric.
1: It's a, oh, yeah, it's electric. Um, but look at the suspension on this thing. And, you know, this is no different. Remember when we were at Seattle Expo, Keith, and we had the kids from UW... That we're building the the formula.
2: Yeah, that was more of a open wheel race car, but it's same same concept. I know where you're going with that. Whereas this is more of an off Well, it's got slicks on it though, you know. It's uh, but but they show you on the picture, you know, it's really off pavement. At least what they're showing us here, and I can I can see that with the suspension that it's got on it. Right. That uh, this isn't this isn't pavement racing suspension. This thing's made to take take some some bumps. Yeah, it's a it, it's a. Uh
1: it is. It is made to uh, to grip a track. It looks like to me, man. So, um, definitely not for the dunes. Um, but gosh, look at this thing. Look at the wing on this thing, man. It's, so they got some aerodynamics built into this thing, obviously, for purpose uh, to keep those, keep that back end down, keep keep this thing down, get some downforce on that. Um, Look, they've got the Fox. they even got the Fox uh, suspension on it, man. This is pretty cool. I like seeing open cage like this to get the, the whole view of everything. And look at the size of this motor. And it's right? got a
2: radiator. Right?
1: <laughs> it's a cooler. Yeah. So this is, this is cool, man. I mean, this is rad. I mean, as a kid, you know, if I'm a kid, like say 10 years old, whatever, and I'm just starting to get into the racing yeah. side of things, this is what I would want to get into. Well, I could totally you, do this. You
2: better have some, you better be Arnold Drummond, you know, or whatever. Like you have a dad with deep pockets is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. Get my tricks, right,
1: right. So Keith is, uh, Here he is, he's from time to time holding this camera in a, in a position. Uh, to where you're seeing the floor, so never mind him, we get excited, right? So, yeah, say say, hey, Keith. Hey, Keith. Yeah, right on. So there you go. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kirk Miller, right? How are you today? I'm doing well, Jay. Hey, how are you? I'm I'm great. Thanks for joining us. So we've kind of walked around here at this, uh, looked at the Sierra, and we've talked about the HyperCraft. Set up here, yeah, and but we want you to dive into your company and tell us a little bit more about what you guys are all about. Awesome, yeah. Well, um, so
0: just touching on the Sierra car, what's really cool about this is this is just an example. You see the R300 SI. So we've standardized motor packages or powertrain packages that run anywhere from 150 horsepower all the way up to 1,240 horsepower, depending on what your needs are. So this, you know. We thought rather than having a, a, this is SEMA, and it is an incredible car show, and the builds are here that are amazing, we thought we would have more chassis-based to show what we do, right. you know, the, the the powertrain side of it, and how we support you know the builders themselves. So in right. this case, it's Sierra Car, and it's our little R300SI package, it's 307 horsepower, which is amazing in a 1500 horsepower car, so it's, it gets real fun real fast. Absolutely. But we have other, another example up front of a substantially more complex system, with okay. a lot of options that maybe a street car would want. All right. You know, kind of a hot rider. As well, well,
1: we'll walk over there in just a second and take a look at that. But I, I had a question. Keith and I were noticing the tires on on this thing. Yes. So. And I see the, you know, the the uh, the media kit you have here with the, It's showing it on on the sand dunes, right? Yep. Are they running this slick on the sand dunes? No. Or is not. this a track track setup? This. So this is a track setup. So this is ideal for like time attack, track day,
0: you know, drift fun things like that. But because of the chat, what's unique about the Sierra car is it's a multi-discipline car. Okay. So you can with the, some suspension changes and obviously wheels and tires, you can now do rally cross. You could do dunes. You could do trail riding, you know, whatever you want to do, fire roads. It's super right. fun. So it's an incredibly flexible race-slash-recreational vehicle.
1: I was saying to Keith when we were walking over here to talk about this thing, if I'm a 10-year-old kid and I want to get into racing, that's what I want to drive. This, oh, This, you know... I'm a 60-year-old kid. And I, want to it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it's, that. It's really fun. Absolutely. Really I love that, man. This is so cool. So take us through some of the product here that you guys are offering, and then we'll, we'll get over to the other side too. So. Sure. So sure. what do we have here?
0: Well, I, you know what? I want to give you sort of the customer journey, okay. if you don't mind. So
1: Absolutely. Front, um, lead me the right way, my friend.
0: Sure. So starting here. So we have four displays. And this is stage one. Okay. And it's really simple. How much power do you want? So, and I, we, we can go from 150 all the way up to 1,200. So where do you want to start? Let's just say 500. Okay. Okay, we've got several 500, pack, 500 horsepower packages. And then we have a VCU that's controlled. So, you know, some people think the VCU is the same as an ECU. Right. But the VCU is heavily, much more heavily integrated into the chassis of the vehicle. Right. And some of the reasons behind that is because you don't have an internal combustion engine sitting there idling, spinning devices, power steering, air compressor, you know, whatever, alternator. Right. Um, in this case, most of the EV systems are direct drive, right. so they don't idle, they just So when it's sitting there off, you have to have devices that are by high voltage or controlled by a master controller, the VCU, programmed to handle all those devices when the driver needs it or when the vehicle needs it. Gotcha. So this table. Step one, power, and then we can talk about some of the flexi- flexibility of the VCU, okay. but the next step we're going to is range. Okay. So this is batteries, now, now we're talking about range. So how far do you want to go, and what are you doing with the vehicle? Are you a right. drag racer, are you a weekend warrior, are you just having a cruise car? And we have two different battery chemistries that allow you to choose between both power and or energy. I got you. So that, and then we have different iterations, and you'll notice these packs, They look kind of rugged, Mm -hmm. you know, they can live in a lot of different environments. And this is all by design um, that allows us to have different packs and they're all builder friendly. So the the motors have all sorts of different mounts on them. We have everything that we have. You'll notice that there's feet on them and base flanges. Right. So we can give all the the dimensional information to the builder and then they can build, build the vehicle around the energy or the motors or the other devices that we're going to be looking at. So this is eight kilowatt hours. Ten kilowatt hours and 25 kilowatt hours. Wow. Yeah. So usually, you know, most of the builds we see for like a hot rod car, uh, you're going to be in the 40 to 60 kilowatt hour range, and that gives you anywhere from, you know, 130 to 170 mile range, depending on how you just like fuel, right? Depending on how
1: hard exactly, you're just what? It, it, yeah. That's it. So it. Th- and so, whatever size fits your your desire, right? right. That's it. Now I I noticed we've got weight. So this is a 107 pound unit, or yes. Okay, and then obviously the larger you get, the heavier they get. So what does this particular one weigh? It's about this
0: one. This one is it's right around 300 pounds. Okay. Yeah, it's right around 300 pounds.
1: Okay. Yeah. And what would what, that would obviously go into a full size, so a, a bigger is, vehicle, yeah, right? So
0: this is where it gets a little complex. So we're most of the systems we're going to be showing today are anywhere from 400 mm-hmm. to 800 volts, depending on your range that's the, capacity, the overall capacity you're going to need, how many right. kilowatt hours, that means that the voltage of each pack has to vary. Right. So we'll have four 100-volt packs to get you a total of 400 volts, so you have 40 kilowatt hours. Now, if you want 80, that means each pack has to be 50 volts. So that means the internal parallel and stringing of the actual cylindrical cells has to vary based on what your requirements are. So we have four or five different iterations of internal cell right. stringing, uh, so a different voltage per pack to give you different range options. If that's, that, I, hope that is, I, I hope that makes <laughs> sense.
1: No, it does make sense in, in series, and I get that. And, right. and it depends on what you're doing. And, and obviously, uh, the more weight you add to it changes some things too, right? I mean, depending, like, for, for example, this vehicle over here, I see the size of the battery pack. I mean, there's that's a good that's a good amount of battery. Well, that's 18 kilowatt hours right there in a power cell because that
0: is a race vehicle, you know, right. hardcore recreational vehicle. Yep. So we have power cells, and they're you know right around 18 kilowatt hours. So okay. That'll give you decent range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then under full boot, full load, like the harshest conditions, using Pike Peak, Pike's Peak as an example. Right. That'll give you about 15 minutes of range because you're just you never get the opportunity to regen. You're never cruising. Right. And you're going uphill the whole time. Right. You know, so, so you burn it. Up. You know. I started just, I get excited about the stages walking the, you know, the person through the customer journey. So gotcha. stage one, two, three, four, and we're done. But I think I, what's really important to start with is safety. Okay. So everything that we do is designed with safety in mind first. So when we look at the packs, we just think of, oh, it's a battery pack. But inside is the battery management system, referred to as the BMS. Inside it's fused, there's an internal contactor, and it's also has fluid or Thermal dynamics already built into it. So you can heat and cool via liquid. We have chill plates or warmer plates all integrated into it. So that way when the builder gets it, it's literally very close to plug and play. So you're running your high voltage cables to it and some low voltage and can comms to it, and it's done. You don't have to worry about constructing the modules and the framing and all that to protect it and you certainly don't have to worry about wiring in a battery management system gotcha. which is looking at every cell
1: sure. in the pack okay and i like the way you put that that it's almost plug and play right. which is a key yeah, right yeah
0: it's we're very the, the idea here is to put a pack together that's very very close to plug and play we assist with the high voltage harnessing and the low voltage harnessing mm-hmm. because the a can communications have to run in a u- unique way so you don't have to worry about you know any kind of EMI interference right so there's a lot of you know when you think of EV there, there's a lot of cross references to an internal combustion engine so right. like would you run your fuel line right next to your exhaust obviously not right. so would you run a can right next to a high voltage cable well does that matter well in, the, in this case, it actually does. Yeah. So it's, there's a degree of education that's required here, right? You know, as time goes. And you were doing a
1: there. great job of educating me today, and I appreciate it. And our audience. So thank you. Um, so this is stage two. Yep. Stage step two. three. Step. Or step, three step two. Is step three. Is charging. Okay.
0: And high voltage distribution. So the charging is again, what are you doing with your car, and what's important to you, or the builder again. So level two charging is the conventional charging. When you come home at night, you plug your car in, it charges up overnight, it's filled up, you know, the battery's filled up, you know, right. charged up. Next morning, you unplug it and you just drive, have fun. If you're driving from L.A. to Vegas, and it's way more than the range of your vehicle, you want to have fast charging. So you can right. stop and have a cup of coffee or just stop for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and get your battery topped up. So we offer two iterations of charging, we have Level 2 and Level 3. Level 3 is fast charging, right? a DC to DC, also known as DC to DC, and then Level 2 is your, like I said, your overnight. So we have those options for charging. And then high voltage distribution, now this is, this is another part where we talk about safety, and then also some of the accessories that we can drive. This the, 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 is called the HVJB, high voltage junction box. This is where the, the battery packs come in, and then, once the contactors close, it runs out to the inverter, which is basically the control of the motor that we started over in stage one, right? In addition to that, there's these other ports that run across the back for high voltage accessories. So, mm-hmm. your air conditioning compressor, your thermal, your heater unit, they're all high voltage. Your flow, well, not in all cases, but in many cases, your power steering is high voltage. And you use high voltage, but why, why 400 volts or 800? because the higher the voltage, the lower current draw. Right. They can run smaller wire gauge, and it's just much more efficient, as, as just the way electricity works. Right. So in that case, you can run all of your accessories right out of the same contactor box. Okay. So it's another way of being efficient. Now, circling back to safety, there's also a shunt, which is gonna be giving current draw information back to the VCU, so it can see how things are working, and then also something called an IMD, Isolation Monitoring Device. And what that is, in simplest terms, it's a continuity tester that runs between the high voltage and the chassis. The high voltage and the low voltage, twelve volts.
1: Leaving no question about where the whole system sets during during the operation, right? That's and right. Or, yeah. Okay. Or
0: if something bad if you have a crash, or right? Or something bad happens. There's a flood. Whatever there might be, you need to be you need to make sure that you're safe. Right. So having that information, one thing. Doing something with it is another. Right. So that information comes via CAN again to the VCU. That's kind of the supervisor system over all the devices. And if there is a breach in high voltage, now we get a signal up to the VCU. The VCU says, hey, we have a problem. You can get information up to the dash to tell you where the problem is. But more importantly, it derates the vehicle and opens the contactors, separates the packs from the chassis.
1: You're safe. Wow. It's cool, right? Very cool stuff, man. Very, I mean, this is science, man. I love it. I love it. All right, well, so. That,
0: that's, that, that's the part that is awesome, yeah. but it's also the part that's challenging for the industry because sure. there's so much to learn. So we thought, look, we've already done a bunch of OEM projects. We've got all these different systems in the pipe. If we can standardize these horsepower packages and these range packages for the builders, it drops the complexity out. We engineer the complexity out of the equation. Right. So they can just start doing what are really good at fitting it, and then we do some programming at the end for
1: torque maps and stuff. Right. The end-user experience is is basically you're trying to give them an experience that is not as complex as what, what it actually is. Absolutely. Yeah, that you makes know, total if sense. If we can get
0: to the point where we have, you know, you, all these engine packages that are five-wire packages, right. them, if we can get to a five-wire EV crate package, right. that's where we want to be. So now, we're, we're targeting that.
1: Now, so with all of that, you're targeting anybody who wants to say, "Let's I have a '69 Chevelle." I have a '69 Chevelle. Okay. And you can say you have a system for me, right? Yep. And we're talking right down to the drive. That's correct. That is amazing. Yes. We will do so. We so this is a really important note for Hypercraft, and you know, for your listeners,
0: we do not do conversions we support the builders right so we build these packages and then we push it out you know there i'm going to show you a vehicle up front that's being built by scared shiftless uh mark boyce very well-known builder builds hot rods and and really beautiful classic cars okay we have a 57 corvette out front that he selected us as his his ev supplier right right so before we get that yes yes Four. yep so this is accessories so some of them Kind of silly, but they're really cool and I want to explain. It. It's the throttle. Mm-hmm. Porsche usually has the floor base. You know, everyone else likes to have a hang, and then we have sort of an old school cable drive. The, the throttle itself. Gotcha. The throttle position sensor on an EV is critical information. Not just because it's important to say where am I on the throttle, but also that it has built-in redundancy. We have two zero to five outs, so if one drops. The VCU again says, hey, I just lost a signal. Let's derate and let's get you to the side of the road. But you can't have a situation where you don't have throttle control on an EV, especially on a direct drive. Right. So no false signals, no room for that. So we have these different options. We have step-down transmissions because a lot of these electric motors, depending on which one you... you we look at the one in, in Mark's car and the, the car being built out front. Uh, that has a 12,000 RPM limit. Yeah. So it'll spin 12,000 RPM. And if you're running into a drive shaft, that, that's twice the that you need to see on the drive shaft unless you're doing a land speed. Gotcha. So we have step downs that can bring the RPM down. You can half it. You can third it. There's all different ratios that we can have on the step down. So it gets an appropriate
1: RPM range at the tail shaft of the transmission. Is that something you would incorporate with, like, say, a select drive? Uh, if you say for this particular course, I'm, you know, I can select a s- specific drive, is that?
0: Well, no, it's really just saying, again, back to the builder and back to the vehicle owner, what are you going to be doing with this car? Gotcha. And how fast do you want to go? Gotcha. And if, if you want 140 mile an hour top end, we'll get you that and we'll gear it because the, the, the torque range of an electric motor is so broad, right. Right, so stout, um, that allows us to literally say, you know, from one mile an hour to 140, you're going to be right in the fat of your power almost right. the whole time so Absolutely. you don't have to worry about gearing it wow. like in an internal combustion engine. Yeah, yeah. This... Some of these other accessories, high voltage power steering, this is pretty extreme. Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with King of the Hammers, um, there's a unit that's King of the Hammer build, that's <laughs> 800 Very cool. volt, Dana powered, and then it has RAM steering, so we're using hydraulics. This is cool, again, this is another great example of what we do in, in line with the installer and the builder. So we talk about thermal management for both the batteries and also for the drive units, and also for the the cabin of the vehicle, heat AC. Rather than having devices spray out through the vehicle and plumbing going all over the place, we came up with this box. So inside is a high voltage AC compressor, high voltage heater unit, and then you can have up to four loops, coolant or coolant, chiller, or warmers, based on what you need, all those different loops to run throughout the vehicle. And again, the VCU plays a huge role in this, and it's looking at all the information coming in, running all the way up and your, your battery packs just start running warm. This automatically kicks the chillers on. The VC uses, send a cooler liquid to it. It'll do it. Brings the packs down, keeps them in the Goldilocks zone. Unreal. It's cool, right? It is
1: very cool. I mean, this all is right. innovation. This so is this, innovation.
0: There's part of this my favorite. So these, these are display options and prindle options. Um, and this is a CAN keypad, another Prindle option. So you have digital displays, and you have several different displays you can have. You have more of an analog, classic look, for, depending on the vehicle, you mm-hmm. can match up to your factory gauges. These are all CAN driven. So you have a CAN device that comes or CAN stream comes up to the back of the gauges, displays the information for the driver, and give Also, all sorts of information. Favorite button is this The tortoise and the hare. Uh-huh. so with our vcu and the programs that we put in we can put up to four different performance maps and so if you're like you can scroll through your maps put valet mode so it only maybe has 25 horsepower and then if your son or daughter's driving you want to put them on full send but car keep them safe that's map two map three might be a fun or cruise drive map four full send right so now you want do you want drift mode you know, do you just want it to be really nice. Right, so whatever right, right. you want, you can
1: do it with the map. So I that's love it. A, I like I, that button too, man. <laughs> I, do. I love it. Right. I love that. So all right, so that's step four or stage four, if you will. Yep. Tell us about the build here. You're your... so
0: just just wrapping up on the stages, so if we go through these four steps, this is the customer journey. Well, right at the end, I've got a list of what motor, what battery packs, what accessories, how high voltage. I've got your I've got your bill of materials for your build. So now you can say awesome. Let's go. And then we get to something like this. Now, this looks, well, it is complex, and it's by design. So this is the Scarechiffless build. It's a 57 Corvette on an all-person chassis that's been modified to accommodate all these EV devices. And the idea was to capture this car before all the harnessing and plumbing was tightened up and before the body went on because you get to see what we do. right. So what we're looking at is an EV 800-volt, 500-horsepower, Fully accessorized built. So it has high voltage AC, it has thermal management, it has 80 kilowatts of power, which is a tremendous amount of range. So this is 250 to 300 mile range, depending on how you're how you're driving. Right. Just like any of course, fuel, yeah. fuel economy or energy yeah. consumption. Electric assist power steering. Heat and AC, you can see the units there, Yeah. and then proper thermal management for your for your, all your battery packs that are st- staggered throughout. Now, that's one of the other things I didn't really talk about. I'm talking about these module battery packs, how we can string them together, Right. but also notice he's got four in the front, four in the rear. Right. He's got damn near perfect 50-50 weight distribution. So yes. Just another really cool benefit of having a modular system that you can distribute.
1: Yeah. I get that, and um, obviously weight distribution on a performance vehicle is so key. Um, I, what, I gotta tell you, I'm, as, as we're you're, you're taking me through all of this, mm-hmm. the one thing that you guys not take away from the originality is the steering wheel. Right.
0: Well, you gotta you, you, you gotta, gotta keep, know what you're in. You right? gotta keep something, <laughs> right? You know, and I, right.
1: I love that. So, and it just shows you the innovation that you. You guys have the technology you have for a restoration. Thank you. Yeah, when you when this
0: vehicle is done and if you're walking up to it and you're looking at it, you will not be able to tell it's an EV until you hit the start He has a push button start and it doesn't make any noise. The only sound you hear is click, 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 which is the contactors closing. Right. And there's a couple of
1: lights to come up on the dash to let you know she's running. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love it. it. I love yeah. it. So I've said this. Or to our listeners, I've asked, and I, I told this earlier when we were talking, I've, I've had discussions with people who have jumped over to the electric side in a 69 Carmen Ghia, for example. And I asked them what would they say, or what would you say to someone if they wanted to do a resto, would you go there? And I think your answer, obviously, promoting your product, but that's not the only reason why, because you're a car guy too, right? I am. I mean, I am. we're all car guys. Right? Yes, I am. I've got too much of everything. Yeah. You can
0: ask a lot of people, meaning cars and motorcycles and such, but on that note, like why would you do this? And why would it be an instant yes for somebody who's experienced this? So I, 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 I've told this story. So I, I, I like BMW 2002. I think it's a cool old retro car. And I also like the Volkswagen Bug. And I, I think they're cool cars, and there's a lot of sentimental value. And you get to a stage in your life where you say, But you know I have this ideal Situation in my head that you know we're going to go for this cruise in one of my cars. Let's use the Volkswagen as an example, and uh, me and my wife are going to go for a ride. And the weather's going to be perfect, and the wind's going to be blowing, and everything's going to be great. The reality is, it's going to be either hot or cold. So your heat and AC, there is no AC in a Volkswagen bug, in a right. bug. The heat is, you know, comes off the exhaust. It's almost that like convection right. heat, right? right. Um, you're at 35, 40 horsepower on a stock bug, so your acceleration onto a freeway where people are going 60, 70 miles an hour—I don't know how many seconds it takes. A lot. Yep. Um, so if you go, so the ideal, and then choke start, you know, no cat, right? Fuel leak. You know, the, the push rod tubes—they always leak. Exactly. Of how good you are, and I know people throw stones at me for that, but it's—it's a—it's a, it's a tough—it's a tough sell. Now, and that's complicated. By the fact that if you do do a restoration on an earlier iteration car and do it proper, you're paying a huge premium for a properly built restoration engine, even if it's an air bug or if it's an old 2002 uh, BMW. Do the step EV conversion. A base, like a low-voltage system of 144 volt, maybe 120 horsepower. But like we talked you can manage your torque you can program your ramp and your torque so you don't have to worry about snapping axles out of these things right like that. now you have three times the horsepower and torque available so now your acceleration onto a freeway is effortless and your gears you know you have your granted gear in a, in a volkswagen again as an example and i'm not picking on them i'm just saying this is a fact your granny gear first it'll pull you up to about eight miles an hour right and then you're grabbing gears to get up to 60. And this, these are direct-drive systems, and as I mentioned, geared for a, a specific top speed. You can get in, just accelerate and roll on it. Now, you have a really nice accelerating car. On decel, you can have regen that assists with the braking. You can put on um, yeah, air conditioning and heat. Power the steering. Vehicle. Power Everything steering. Everything that you thought of the car, it should be, it becomes. Right. And then it sits in your garage. You just plug it into the wall. You don't have to think about anything. There's nothing sitting under the car checking oil, catching oil drips. There's no fuel smell because there's no EVAP requirements. It's just, and you know, legislative and regulatory challenges, you don't have to worry about CARB or EPA slamming you for doing your cool, you know, cool upgrades.
1: Right. It's all legit. So here's my bigger question. Now that we know what you guys can do for, for the consumer, Mm -hmm. do you guys have a service where if they were to go to your website, which if you would go ahead and call that out, hypercraftusa.com. And on your website, if someone goes, what what can they expect when they go to build or select what they want to see what you guys have? And do you have a dealer finder or a shop finder? Is that is that yes, how that yes, works? Yes, oh, yes, Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes. So, um, our actually, I think everyone you talk to your web coach always. Fun. So
0: Absolutely, we have what's referred to as configurator website. And just like walk through these stages, the, the customer journey on our website is going to be the same. Okay. Hey, pick your power. We're going to ask them additional questions. Vehicle so we can make sure that we align you with the proper energy source or energy storage and battery system but it really is pick your power how far do you want to go yeah. what options do you want how do you want it to charge and, and we start there and next there's a conversation got you. you know. so there is this is you know if there's a if there's a, a challenge in these conversations, it's the price point. Yeah. So be prepared to spend. There is a premium at this point. We are early in the curve with, a, a, with the adoption of this technology. Right. So the economies of scale are not there. And we right. don't have 100 years of
1: history of refining this technology yet, right? And 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 I get that, and I and Keith and I both know this that you you have to pay for the technology, right? Um, but I think that if people will open their mind a little bit and understand that, like what you were just saying, you can spend a ton of money on uh, internal combustion engine restoration, and you still have to put money to it over and over and over again. I would have to say, just my opinion of it. This seems to me like this is an extremely low maintenance vehicle yeah. after you build it, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't have leaks everywhere. Nope. You don't have fumes everywhere. Um, you're probably gonna be able, as long as you do the correct battery maintenance, you're probably gonna be able to get in it on the weekend and go drive it without having to worry about something not working, right? That's right. To your point on the back, you're absolutely right across
0: all points, and I want, I want to give you a little bit of additional data on that, but on the battery maintenance subject, the battery management system and the VCU, when you're plugged in the wall, it's waking up and looking at everything and keeping mm-hmm. everything maintained for you. Right. So there's nothing to think about. So when you come in, you should be able to unplug, hop in the car and go. Love as far it. as cost of operation, I'm going to give you a great example. So Steve Huff was the first person to go over 200 miles an hour in an electric drag car. Okay. 2,000 horsepower. I worked with him on his program, helped him with his controls and such, uh, and, the, and some team members. One of the interesting data points that came out of it is a pass, a 200-mile-an-hour pass. I think costs less than $2. I think it was $1.90 was the total expense. Wow. was a 2,000-horsepower vehicle. Wow. And his amortization for, you know, not his amortization, I'm sorry, what he has to accrue for, sure. for maintenance is next to zero. It stretches chains because it's chain. Right. So you have to change, re- chains. Yeah. And then but it's the comparative maintenance cost and run to run to run. Right. When he comes back in, they look at the tires, they check the chain, they plug in the charger. Yeah,
1: see, and- guys. I'm telling yeah, it's, it's
0: I'm am over oversimplifying slightly, right? But if someone says I went to the track and it cost me a dollar ninety, let's just let's round up two bucks a pass, right? And I did five passes at a strip and it cost me ten bucks in a two hundred mile an hour drive car, thousand horsepower.
1: Like, is that is that even possible? Yep, it's right there, it's right there. Right. So, <laughs> our fans, man, out there, do not hesitate to consider this. That's all I got to say.
0: So, you know, if, 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 I have, if I can just interject one more. So there's another path. Like, we're talking about the expense here, and this is expensive. So, mm-hmm. like, our base package, like, all in, you're starting at about $35,000. Right. All new product and, and, as I said, engineered to end-to-end for the builder to install. Now, if that cost barrier is intimidating and you need something lower, there's a whole secondary market, which is kind of cool. So you can go to a salvage yard and salvage a Tesla drive unit out. Right. reservice We service them. And then we can salvage the battery packs out and pull the modules out and service them as well and prep them for an install as well. Now there's a That's lot awesome. more fab work, but it's a much lower cost.
1: Okay, so, so you're giving the consumer we are, to give them yeah, that yeah. point, right? This is,
0: this is this is good stuff and it's yeah. really important. And this industry uh, has some pretty severe headwinds with EPA and legislative regulatory challenges. Right. Um, with this, it's a, it's a way to ha- Creative, degree of freedom with what you want to do, and you don't have to worry about looking over your shoulder
1: with, once you've done it. Right. It's a lot of fun. And right. That's really. I love You it. look
0: around here. There's some epic
1: builds. Right. You know, so it's it's fun. I love it. And I say something to all the the haters out there on on electrification. I have to say this, because I ask this a lot, which is what's happening with all those those batteries, right? So, okay, this, is not- this is what's happening with all those batteries that are out there. You can serve. Surf- You can repurpose them. That's accurate, 100% accurate, and I'll I'll close on our end,
0: we have a closed loop system, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning that when our packs go out, Mm -hmm. we're using the 21700 cells uh, in two different chemistries, but when they come back to us for service, if we find this this pack has been used to its limits, we will bring it back in, we discharge it to zero, pull all the cells out, we'll send them off for lithium recycling. So everything goes
1: back into the system. There you go, folks. There you go. You heard it here, right? Right. Okay. And you know
0: it's important like there are there's people who are out there haters because they think that with the way some things are happening in the automotive industry, there's these hard deadlines like you have to do this, you have to do that. This to me, it's in addition to what you're already doing. Right. So it's just another way to have fun with it. But in the other end of it for me, I'm a car guy, you're a car guy. Right. I'm in the I'm in constant search for the ultimate in performance. So right. if you talk about hypercars and race cars, what are the quickest and fastest vehicles out there? They're either electric or hybrid. So, hey man, this is a way to to have fun without worrying about you know missions compliance. And exactly, you can ultimately find
1: way more performance. That's great, man. Thank you so much. My I have learned okay, so much, hey, man. This has been. Fantastic. So we've got to go wrap our show up. All right. Please thank your entire team for letting us come to your booth we'll and do. and broadcasting our podcast. Yeah, we've got so. over
0: eighty people at Hypercraft right now, and there's there you go. More than half are engineers, and a huge thank goes to them.
1: Okay, fantastic. Make sure you guys visit. So we're going to head on back over. We'll come see you after we're finished. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks so thanks. much. You bet. Thank you. All right, guys. So you heard it right there, man. That is probably one of the best walkarounds of. EV electrification innovation out there, guys, and I'm telling you, man, don't hesitate. If you got a, a resto mod and you're tired of cylinder head issues, carburetor issues, or, or just fuel issues and stuff like that, this is a solution for you. Don't be afraid of it. Just try it. So you got to talk to them. So here we are back uh, back here at our um, podcast booth here. And uh, we're going to wrap, wrap it up with you guys. Gosh, we can't thank you guys enough for joining us today. That's for sure, Keith, right?
2: Yes. Hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. Yes. Absolutely. Give me, give me, give me uh, I don't know, 20 seconds to get the mics hot again? Yeah.
1: Hold on. Yeah. Are the mics not hot
2: again? I had them. Uh, oh, you had them down, huh, did you? I had them down, Jay, because you never know who's going to come by and just start, you know, well, here, let me giving t- you a little... Give me a little what for?
1: Got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. so, you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I got you. You, you, you'll bring the levels up, right? Yeah, you're back up now. Okay, so you I'm gonna. Can,
2: yeah. Set you this can aer- literally drop the mic. All right, so nobody'll know. You're, <laughs> and Keith. I can't thank you enough.
1: Keith is usually the one holding the mic and talking to these guys, but he's been he's been wanting to run the camera this afternoon, so he gave me the opportunity, and I learned a lot through that. I hope you guys did too. That was fascinating. It was very fascinating. I'm ready to go do a conversion. Yeah, who wouldn't be? I mean, you, you you listen to what he just said about what you can do with electrification, the amount of horsepower you can get out of these things, and torque, and it it's it's everything is is you, there's a design for it. You tell them what you want, and they will give you what you want. And again, I'm going to bring this up again because I, I'm going to hit this hard. Anybody out there, the 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 haters on electrification. Do your homework before you comment on this and asking us, well, what do you do with all the batteries? Well, you just heard it from them, right? So there you go.
2: So uh yeah, and that is I love to see that. I love to see I like the way you th- thoughtful Yeah, what I do? Back away. Oh from yeah, that. I'm just a little you know, hot, wasn't I? I wasn't on on screen when you when you when you stir up trouble. <laughs> so um yeah. I mean, they're trying to not just think about selling product right now, but what's the what's the cycle here, right? right? And how do we kind of be, be clever and smart and, you know, careful, right? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I want to mention one other thing before we wrap this, um, and I've got to go quickly because our batteries are almost dead. But okay. um, the big three... Uh, typically always have a major presence at the SEMA show. Now, you guys know who those guys are. It's uh, GM, Ford, and uh, now Stellantis. Stellantis. Or Chrysler. That's right. From the older days. And uh, because of the uh, UAW issues that we've talked about on previous podcasts, virtually non-existent from an OEM booth with the the exception of Ford doing some clever things um, with their, you know, they've got a wrap, and then our our friend Neil uh, did a build for them, and it's literally right i'm looking at it right now but uh props to ford for for cleverly finding ways to present that didn't necessarily break the bank and get the word out but i think the point i want to make here is this is going to be a very interesting next six months i think so and i do feel like with the future tech that's happening like hypercraft that we just showed you guys um We're going to be, they're stepping up. Yeah. Right? And so you need to see that because otherwise everything crumbles if somebody else doesn't step up and deliver and provide what people want from a mobility perspective. Exactly. It's nice to see that. Um, Okay, so in closing, and again, got to do this quickly, thank you guys for watching and listening. If you're, if you want to listen, if you're watching and you want to listen, you can go to our website at partscounterguru.com. Click on the podcast tab, and it'll take you to all the links for on all the platforms. If you're listening and you want to watch, um, you go to well, go to the same place, and yeah. we've got all of our social links there. Right there. You can do YouTube, you can do TikTok, you can do uh, Instagram, just we're all there. They're all there. We're all there. They're all there. And then of course, all of our brand show special brand partner show specials are all, all on that same website also. So we got to get out of here. Literally got to get out of here, everybody. Uh, the week is almost over for us. Thank you guys for watching. Um, for my pal Jay over there, I'm Keith, and we will see you all on the next one. Take care guys.